Hallelujah. The human spirit was born to be free. That's why, that's why any sort of uh, entanglement, trap, incarceration, uh, bondage, slavery of any sort um, demoralizes a person because we, you and I are designed to be free. I mean, look at birds. They can freely fly anywhere they want to fly. Fish will swim. No boundaries. They don't, there's no bounds to them. Animals will migrate and go all over, everywhere. Our, we're designed to be free. And what frees us is the Spirit of God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so when, the more you and I operate and become more aware of his presence, the more free we can be. Are you understanding that? Paul told the Corinthian church, he said, uh, you're not restricted by us. He said, you've restricted yourselves. So one way to uh, unrestrict yourself is to, is to be in the presence of God, is to, is to practice his presence, is to it's to sing in the spirit. It's to pray in the spirit. It's to dance in the spirit. It's to, I mean, I mean, literally dance. Glory to God. I don't, I don't know if many of us even understand the power of just dancing. Some of y'all ain't never danced. You didn't dance in the world. And you doggone show sure ain't dancing church. But you can talk to any heathen who gets out on the dance floor and it wouldn't matter they could have had all hell break loose at work. Everything go wrong at home. But when that heathen get on the dance floor and just let loose, you know, you ever seen folks just let loose. I ain't talking about this crick walk. Sometimes when people get on a real dance floor, they just really let loose. I mean, I mean, uncoordinated dancing. They just let unhindered dancing. They just, they, they not even on beat for real. They just, you know what I'm talking about. They just aren't even on beat. They just. So imagine. When you and I, children of the living God, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, will dance, sing. It doesn't matter. I can't, I can't really sing. Make a joyful noise. You, you can make a joyful noise, can't you? You do that, and I'm telling you, you will, you will begin to walk in a liberty like you've never known you'll start thinking more clearly. Start seeing more clearly. You'll start functioning a lot easier. Glory to God. Now, don't y'all just be, be yell pastor me and then go home and just do the same thing y'all's been doing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling what works for me. If you want to, let me just tell you what works for me. Just tell you what works for me. 
I know it works. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. That's not my personality. Yes, it is. You're born again. That might not have used to be your personality, but that is your personality now because you have the person of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. He's a person. He's inside you. Amen. All right, Matthew 6, 13. We're going to read that in the King James Version. I just want to read one verse tonight to get us, get us started. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We'll see if we can get out of here on time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Start in verse, nine, in verse 9, please. Verse 9. Verse 9, and then we'll end at verse 13. Verse 9. Ready? Read. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, come on, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Come on, hey, hold on, media, y'all got to beat us there. Y'all beat us to it, all right? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, come on, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, so it says here, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. That's, that's the... The uh, focus that we want to deal with tonight, God delivers from evil. I'm going to use the subject. Uh, they would know it in the world. Uh, so y'all excuse me if I use it here tonight. Breaking bad. Breaking bad. Some of y'all don't have any, any clue that is, but TV watchers out there know what breaking bad is. There's a TV show like that. I, I don't watch it, never seen it in my life, but I've heard of it. And there's like a cult following behind this thing. Uh, but God has a different way of breaking bad. So in our lives, God's breaking bad. That means bad's going to have no more hold on your life. Everything bad is going to be switched to good. Everything wrong will be made right. Because there's nothing bad in the kingdom. Nothing bad in the word. Nothing bad about God. So God is breaking bad for us. Thank you, Lord. Tonight we receive the word with thanksgiving. Let it be to us according to your word. We pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen and amen. Take your seats. All right, we've been talking about, again, about believers being stuck in these cycles, in these ruts. All right, of sickness and disease and poverty and lack and distress and spiritual failure and uh, all kind of things happening in people's lives. And uh, um, how many of y'all ever heard this question? Why do bad things happen to good people? Y'all ever heard that? People, in fact, many times you're trying to evangelize or witness to somebody, share the gospel with somebody, and they'll give you all kind of reasons why they don't want to get saved or why they shouldn't get saved because, you know, I know so-and-so, they went to church, and so-and-so, they served God, and yet all this bad stuff kept happening to them. Y'all have experienced that. And, and it is true. It is true that bad things do happen to good people. But it's just as true that good things happen to bad people. You read Psalm 37, you read Psalm 73, both of those songs are written about that. Both of those songs could be retitled, Why Do Good Things Happen to Bad People? 
You ever read those Psalms 37 and, and, and 73? When the wicked look like they're prospering? They keep going on, seem like nothing happens to them? Glory to God. So bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. The good things happen to bad people is because uh, God reigns with the just as well as the unjust. Is that right? God reigns. Now, let me help somebody in your mind. When you think of rain, don't think negative. When people hear God reigns with the just as well as the unjust, the first thing that comes to their mind is that that's negative. But nowhere in Scripture is rain defined as negative. Anytime you see rain in Scripture, it's good. So you got to get this worldly mindset about rain out of your life. Out of your mind. The Bible says God reigns on just as well as the unjust. He makes the sun to shine on the evil and the good. Right? You ask any farmer, is rain good? Okay. So rain is good. The sun is good. So uh, God will allow, uh, in fact, cause good things to happen to bad people. Do you not know the Bible even says, and I believe it's in the book of Romans uh, 9 or so, it says um, that the goodness of God, y'all don't know that. The goodness of God, I'm waiting on some Bible scholars to wake up. The goodness of God leads to repentance. The goodness of God leads, okay, I said it already. The goodness of God leads to repentance. So, uh, obviously, God will let good things happen to bad people. His goodness leads to repentance. But the question people have all the time is, why do bad things happen to good people? And the reason uh, many people don't know how to answer it, most people just say, well, I don't know. Most people say things like, well, you never know what God's going to do. You, you don't know God's will. Or, you know, they'll say things like, God works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. And we give all these uh, uh, super deep religious uh, erroneous answers because all those answers are wrong. I do know what God's going to do. He told me what he's going to do. I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will increase you. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So I do know what he's going to do. Glory to God. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. So, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it's like this. He's given us authority in the earth. And he will allow whatever you allow. Oh, that's what we got to do here. See, because, you know, the, the world and most of the body of Christ still will think that things just happen and they just happen. They just happen. You can't control. It's just fate. It's just, you know, whatever happens, happens in case sera, sera, and you got to just deal with the hand that you've been dealt and all that kind of stuff. But that's not Bible. Tell your neighbor, that's not Bible. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And he that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So your life is in your hands. You're the prophet of your own life. Whatever you bind on earth. Is that the word? 
Whatever you bind on earth will, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. That another translation says, whatever you permit, permit. on earth will be permitted in heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. So if you forbid it on earth, then God says it can't happen. But if you allow it, God says, well, I got to step back and let it happen. So to answer the question succinctly, why do bad things happen to good people? It's because good people allow bad things to happen to them. And I want to prove to you tonight that you don't ever have to allow another bad thing to happen in your life. Tell you tonight, tell your neighbor tonight, we're breaking bad. <laughs> we're breaking bad tonight. I'm putting bad down. I'm putting bad to flight. I'm putting bad out of my life. I'm putting evil out the door. Now, I hope you believe me, but if you don't believe me, I'll show it to you in scripture all, to, all night. Because we've got to get this mindset, this mentality out of, our, out of our lives that we have no control. God is in control. God, he's a sovereign God. God is in control of everything. Well, that can't be true if 1 John 5, 19 says that the whole world lies under the control of the wicked one. The whole, whole world lies under the sway, it says, or control. That's what sway means, control of the wicked one. They put on the screen 1 John 5, 19? Yeah, see? So um, I, I'm not making this up. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He got the little bitty baby. That's right. If you put the baby in his hands. But if you don't put the baby in his hands, he doesn't have the baby in his hands. That's why those women we talked about on Sunday brought those babies to Jesus and said, hey, put your hand on them. Y'all ain't missing on Sunday. I need you to touch them and bless them because I'm putting them in your hands. See, but if we have this mentality that God is sovereign, and yes, God is sovereign. Understand God is sovereign. Which sovereign, sovereign means, all sovereign means is that he's not under anybody else's authority. He doesn't need, he doesn't need to get Congress uh, to approve a bill for him. God is, he's God all by himself. He said in Genesis 1, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. And there was nobody to counter him. There was nobody to veto his decision. <laughs> nobody. But in his sovereignty, in his sovereignty, it meant he also had the ability to give over or delegate authority to somebody else, and that's what he did. When he put Adam here on this planet, put Adam in the Garden of Eden, he delegated authority on the earth to Adam. The Bible says in Psalm 115, uh, verse 14, somewhere, somewhere in there, it says, it says, the heaven, even the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth, come on, he has given to the children of men. So you and I are the authority in this earth. And if you're the authority in this earth, that means you're the authority in your life. Oh, some of y'all, you just, 
I don't believe that. I'm going to just say it this way, Joy. Like, like I've said it before and it bears repeating. If God was really in control of your life, we wouldn't be fat. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. All right, that's enough right there, right? I'm going to stop right there, okay. I mean, if God were really in control, I wouldn't have four brownies today. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have eaten like that. You have five, oh, Lord. They, they were small like that. Don't, don't, get, don't, don't get them in those small. But I had like, I think, four of them. That's the equivalent of some of y'all's one. So God was not in control of that. He let me put that brownie up, put it in my mouth just like I want, all I want. The same way he allowed Eve to grab that fruit and put it in her mouth and chomp it and then allowed her to pass it to Adam. And he didn't knock out of her hand. Because he gave us free will. We are free moral agents. So God will only, he will allow whatever we allow. So tonight I want to teach us to make sure we are, because we're talking about breaking cycles still, right? that we're going to break the cycle of bad over our lives. We're going to break bad of our lives. We're going to break evil out of our lives. And only, thank you, Lord, when God put Adam on this earth, the Bible says that there was a tree he put in the midst of the garden called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, Adam, don't touch it. Uh, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Adam, don't eat of it. He didn't say don't touch it. He could touch it. He said, don't eat of it. Don't eat of it. That's the instruction. Don't eat of it. He could touch it. He had to dress it and keep it. But don't eat of it. Why not? Because he was, he was never supposed to know evil. But the moment he ate of that fruit, now he had knowledge of good and evil. He would have, if he had never eaten of that, he would have only experienced good and he'd still be on this planet today. Adam would have still been here today. Eve would have still been here right now, sitting right up here. They probably would have been there coming come to this church. I mean, I would if I was Adam. I'll come to this church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, uh, so, so he, because of that, he experienced evil. But he wasn't supposed to. And you and I are born again. Recreated in the image of God. Get uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 in the Amplified on the screen for me, please. Ephesians 2, verse 10, Amplified. I want you to see this. Glory to God. Because remember, Adam was made in the image and likeness of God, which meant he would have never experienced evil. So watch how when we got born again, it says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew. We've been recreated. Created just like Adam was created. So it says that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned before us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, uh, to, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Living the good life, living the good, living the, living the good life, living the good. He didn't say living the good and evil life. He didn't say living the sometimes good life. He didn't say living the mostly good life. He said living the good life. Tell your neighbor the good life. Are you all awake tonight? 
you and I are supposed to be experiencing full-time, 100% of the time, the good life. We are never, listen to me. I know this, this is going to stretch some of y'all in, in your soul, but we are never supposed to experience evil. Or else, Jesus would not have said, pray, deliver us from evil. Because if God couldn't deliver us from evil, he wouldn't have told us to pray that. Oh, this is challenging, y'all, I know. But Pastor, I've been through some stuff. I, I, listen, I, I don't care what you went through prior to 8.17 p.m., on May 15th, 2019. Because once you get a revelation, a revelation brings a revolution in your life. All right. Now, I told you uh, about breaking cycles, right? I gave you, there were three things so far. Uh, I, I taught you first about the blood of Jesus. Then I taught you about uh, sacrificial seed, which in, in particular the vow will break uh, cycles of evil in your life. But also on Sunday, we brought up something called the blessing. Everybody say the blessing. blessing. Say it again, the blessing. blessing. Say it this time like, like, it's, like it's your, uh, your uh, I don't know how to say this. If you're a guy, like it's your favorite girl, and if you're a girl, it's like the man you always love. Say the blessing. The blessing. Mm, 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 mm. That's 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 how I feel. You know, y'all excuse me for being me. That's that's how I feel when I think about ooh the blessing. The blessing is on my life. See, I, 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 I understand, you may not feel that way about the blessing, but I do, because if it weren't for the blessing, I wouldn't be where I am, I wouldn't have what I have, I couldn't do what I do, if not for the blessing being on my life. I'm not here because I'm so smart. It's because of the blessing. An empowerment outside of me, bigger than me, that has come on my life. You see, the blessing revealed as grace. The grace and an, a divine enablement that comes on your life. It's just the blessing. It's the blessing. The blessing was on, was on Joseph. Man, I don't mean to preach this. But the blessing was on Joseph. Y'all remember Joseph? Uh, Jacob's son, Joseph. The blessing was on him so tough that, that when, when they, they took, his brothers took him, threw him in a, in a pit, they then sold him into slavery, and here he is a slave with the blessing on him, and he gets down to Potiphar's house, and as a slave, the blessing gives him wisdom on how to run Potiphar's whole estate. He hadn't been to school for it. He hadn't been, he hadn't, hadn't been to the Wharton School of Business. All he knows is the blessing is on his life, and boom, he knows how to run a whole estate. Then this woman comes and brings some trumped up charges on him. False, false accusation about him trying to harass her, sexually harass her. She, you know, she started the whole Me Too movement. He ended up locked up, but the blessing is on him. 
and with the blessing on him, a man who's, who's never taken a one class in criminal justice ends up running the whole prison. Y'all ain't saying anything. Then you get, he moves from the prison, he ends up because, because Potiphar has a dream, because, because Pharaoh has a dream and nobody can interpret the dream, they call this man Joseph with a blessing on him. Joseph ends up in the palace having never taken one course in political science and now he runs the whole government of the whole world. Why? Because the blessing is on his life. He's not a student in world government. So pardon me when I say, the blessing. <laughs> Glory to God. So because of the blessing, ladies and gentlemen, you and I can go from repeated failure and defeat. I said repeated failure and defeat, which is what most most. Believers are experiencing repeated failure and defeat and, and mad at God about it. We move from that to recurring victory and success. I want you to look at Psalm 23 because, because we, with the blessing, we move into a recurring prosperity and goodness of God. And there's a psalm over here in, uh, in Psalm 23 down here at verse, um, verse 6, which says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now, surely, you know, is a covenant word. Meaning, it's something that is agreed upon, set upon by God that cannot be broken by man. God says, my covenant I will not break, Psalm 89. Here's my covenant I will not break, nor will I alter the word that's gone out of my mouth. So when God makes a covenant, he keeps his covenant. He's a covenant-keeping God. And when you see the word surely, surely is a covenant word. He says, and the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy. Which means uh, there's a covenant attached to this goodness, which means it's covenant-level goodness. It's not just any goodness. This ain't Campbell's mm-mm good. This is not that. This is, this is covenant level goodness. And it says, and this goodness and mercy surely will follow you. Y'all not catching this yet. See, see, if surely goodness and mercy is following me, then there's no room for evil. Y'all still not getting it. If, if goodness and mercy is, all, now mercy is, y'all understand what mercy is? Mercy, don't think of this word mercy as God not beating me up for my sin. Mercy in the Hebrew is the word, word uh, uh, kesed or hesed, C-H-E-C-E-D, which, which actually means it's the, it's the manifested goodness of God. So really, it's, if you say goodness and good, goodness is following you all the days of your life. Goodness and good things are following you all the days of your life. It's following you. In other words, you can't get away from it. Because he got a covenant he's keeping with you. I wish y'all listening. I wish y'all get off y'all phones and stuff right here and listen to me. I'm telling you. Goodness and mercy, goodness and good things are following you all the days of your life. So if there's, if, if there's always goodness and good things follow me, then evil doesn't have any place to get into my life. Nothing bad should ever be happening to me. Oh, 
I'm gonna preach it anyhow. You might just might have pull a few teeth, get it done, but we're gonna preach it. Everybody say breaking bad. Breaking bad. Now go back to First Chronicles uh, two, uh, four, please. First Chronicles four. I'm gonna slap the devil all up in his face. I'm gonna get him, give him a black eye tonight. We're gonna, we're gonna bust the devil in his grill. Y'all scared, y'all. Bust a joke in his grill. Bah! He been harassing you long enough. He been molesting God's people long enough. Bah! Just bust him in his grill. I mean, what would you do if somebody... I remember, I remember growing up, we had this little kid in our church. He used to just do all the time, just do this. Just, it's just poking in, in my side. He was playing, just, just poking my side till one. I was like, get off me. I mean, you just, you know, just irritating. Just irritating. It didn't hurt. It's just irritating. How long would you put up with that if somebody was just poking your side all the time? And yet the devil is just poking at God's people. And we just put it up like, well, you, the devil's on my track trying to turn me back. Victory, victory shall be mine. And What? How is he on your track when goodness and mercy are on your track? Something wrong with that. Something wrong with our, our level of revelation. And we've allowed too much evil to persist in our lives. Because we thought it's just a part of life. You got to go through it. Or, well, you start, you hit 40 or you hit 50 or you hit 70 and this, this, things change and all that kind of, who says that? <laughs> yeah, you're right. We bought a lie. And the Bible says buy the truth and sell it not. Tonight, I want you to sell that lie and buy this truth tonight. And when you get this truth tonight, don't sell it. Don't sell it. Don't sell it for a lie the devil brings back to you. He's going to exchange. You know the Bible says in Romans, Romans chapter 1, they exchange the truth for a lie. People think, well, that's just homosexuality. No, a lot of Christians exchange the truth for lies. They exchange divine healing for, you know, uh, well, reasonable portion of health and strength. Okay, 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10. Y'all remember that? Yes. We talked about Jabez. Yes. Jabez is more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you have blessed me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you will keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So we saw how Jabez, uh, he, his mother named him Jabez, which literally means uh, he will cause pain. And she labeled him because of her own pain. And she projected and she, in fact, prophesied pain on his life. That he have a painful future. And he's going through life. I described that to you, I think, real, real good on Sunday. And yet, later on, Jake Bez discovered something called the blessing. And he, he asked God for that blessing on his life. And that blessing totally reversed that curse that his mother put on him. Because for his mother to name him Jabez was literally to curse him. She cursed him with that name. 
not cussed, she cursed him with that name Jabez. But when he discovered the blessing, he said, oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed. And when that blessing came upon him, it turned everything. See, the blessing, thank you, Holy Spirit. Galatians 3, you don't have to turn over there. Just listen, you know it. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. That Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse everyone hangs on the trees, so that the blessing, verse 14, of Abraham will come on the Gentiles, we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith, through faith. Okay, so notice we were under a curse. But then the blessing came and reversed the curse. Got it? So we're not cursing anymore. I don't care if you're a black man from, from Ham. You're not, you're not cursing anymore. We're not, tell your neighbor, we're not cursing anymore. So we have the blessing. The blessing, the blessing, um, uh, y'all know when y'all, y'all ladies know about this. Y'all guys might know about it too. I don't know if you have experienced it. Uh, when y'all put uh, uh, permanent uh, relax on your hair. Y'all know you put permanent relaxer. I know some of y'all going natural and all that kind of stuff. I know y'all hook a buck and cock a bug and all that kind of stuff like that. I know, I know Chris Rock told everybody you got to go natural and be like our people in Africa, but I got news for you. I've been to Africa. They are not natural. I can tell you that. I've seen it with my own eyes. They're not natural. Anyway, but when you put a permanent relaxer on, uh, you, you, wanted to, you want, only want to let it go so long, then you got to put something on, on it called what? Neutralizer to stop the action of that relaxer. Because if you don't put that neutralizer on there, what happened? Well, you know what happened, right? Before you know it, it'll be, you look in the sink and, oh my God, all your glory is in the sink. Right? So the curse that you and I were born into, the blessing came and neutralized it. Stopped it in its, in its tracks. So now the curse cannot work any longer in our lives. It's been neutralized. By the blessing. Right? Okay. All right, now. So Jabez was living under the curse from his own mother, but then he invoked, called for the blessing of the Lord on his life, and it stopped that completely. He switched now from living a cursed life to living a blessed life. How I know? Because the Bible says the Lord granted his request. And I believe the Lord will grant Jabez's request. He'll grant our request. He's no respect of persons. Now, it works that way, but it won't work the other way. In other words, if, you're, if the blessing is on you, the curse can't come and stop the blessing. Remember, there was a man named Balaam, a prophet of God. Numbers 23, I think it was. Balaam, a prophet of God, who Balak, a king of Peor, gets, gets him to go out there. Hey, I want you to go and curse the children of Israel. 
And he says, I can't do that. You know what you mean? He said, just come on out there. Said, okay, I'm going to go out with you. The Lord said, go with him, go with him, go with him. I'm going to show something. And so he went out there with him, and he said, okay, now curse him. And every time he opened his mouth, a oh, blessing came out. And Balak would get mad. I told you to, to curse him. Don't bless him. He said, I, I, I was going to, but I told you every time I open my mouth, man, the blessing comes out. He finally said, listen, God, he said, he said God is not a man that he should lie. No, the son of man, I think that's verse 19, somewhere around there. No, the son of man, he should repent. Have he not spoken? Will he not do it? Have he not said it? Will he not make it good? He says, I've received a command to bless. And I cannot reverse it. God is, God is blessed. I cannot reverse it. See, once the blessing is on you, it cannot be reversed. It's one direction. <laughs> Anybody ever, ever had a bad transmission? <laughs> you can't go in reverse? <laughs> oh, that's bad. You guys are the right driving, you know. <laughs> I mean, you make do. <laughs> All right, now, go back to First Chronicles uh, Four, please. Y'all okay? Yes, sir. All right, let me try to pick the pace up a little bit here. Verse 9, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name. This is some good preaching I'm telling y'all right now. I'm going to buy this CD myself. And his mother called his name Jabez. He would cause pain, saying, because I bore him in pain. So because she bore him in pain, she called him Jabez. He's going to cause pain. Verse 10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed, one, and enlarge my territory, two, and that your hand would be with me, three, and that you would keep me from evil. He said, I'm, I'm, I want to break bad. We don't know how old he is when he prayed this prayer, but he'd experienced bad his whole life up to this point. And he said, I'm tired of bad. Anybody tired of bad? Just you had enough of bad. He says, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to bless me. Now, the blessing's going to empower me to prosper. Then he said, I want you to enlarge my territory. In other words, God, give me land. Increase my, increase my space. I, I need, I need, I need, I'm, I'm tired of this small house. I'm tired of this small, and nobody said nothing. And I'm tired of these small quarters. This has been nice. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for making a way for me, but being that, I appreciate it. But I've grown. I've grown. The Bible says in Psalm 4, he enlarges us in distress. That means when you're in a tight place, he enlarges you. So that house that you're in, that car you're in, it was nice and it was great. It was big when you first moved in. The house thing didn't get smaller. You got bigger. Right? And so Jabez is, hey, I'm tired, I'm tired of this restriction here. So he said, enlarge my territory. Then he said, I want your hand upon me. Number three, let your hand be upon me. I need your hand. I need your presence. I need, I need because your hand is what makes things happen. Your hand is stronger than my hand. Your hand, uh unfailing hand. <laughs> we just say, hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. 
Now, I don't know how you do that. God's hand is too big for you to hold it. He has to hold your hand. I will hold you with my right hand. You can't hold his hand. He has to hold your hand. My, well, my son, and my son is 12 now, he's a big guy, but when he was three, he couldn't hold my hand, I'd hold his hand. He couldn't hold my hand, my hand's too big, I had to hold his hand. I'm trying, I'm trying to get y'all to see that. God's holding our hands. Go, go ahead and be a child and stop trying to hold God's hand. Let him hold your hand. You don't, you're not strong enough to hold God's hand. Your, your, your grip is too loose. Glory to God. So number four, though, he prayed, keep me from evil. Now, this is some kind of request here, Lord. Keep me from evil. Now, we, we live in, in, the Bible says, a present evil world. You know what your Bible says? We live in a present evil world. This world is filled with evil. Now I'm thinking, okay, if you're going to keep me from evil, I got to leave. This is, I'm talking about in the natural. But Jabez says, no, keep me from evil. Keep me away from evil. Keep me from bad. Now, I know. He's sitting tell you, hey, I'm asking God to keep me from evil. And you, with your religious self, and you, you know God with all your heart, and you've been saved 15 years, 50 years, you can say, that's, young man, that's a, that's a nice request. But you know, every little life, every life, little rain must fall now. Come on now, Jabez, you know now, sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes long more level to the ground. You ain't always going to have good days now, Jabez. You're going to have to have some bad days because that's how God teaches us through all our bad days, ain't it? I messed with somebody's grandmama right here. That's how the Lord teaches us through all our troubles. If it weren't for sickness, we wouldn't know God is a healer. This is what folks say in Christian and gospel songs and gospel preacher. If we, we wasn't sick, we wouldn't know God was a healer. Really? The fact that his word says he's a healer, that, that ain't enough for me to know he's a healer? If I were never broke, I wouldn't know God was a provider. The fact that his name is Jehovah Jireh don't tell me he's a provider? Zion Williamson dunk on me to know he's a basketball player. I seen him dunk. He ain't got to dunk on me. He ain't got to be posterized. I know he's a basketball player. But this is the kind of things that are, that are perpetuated in, in Christendom and because of that, uh, the people of God accept those things and make that part of our, of our lifestyle. Okay, well, you know, just I accept this when this comes. But Jabez had the unmitigated goal to ask God to keep him from evil. And then God had the audacity to grant his request. God, come on. God, 
God, you know how this planet goes. Everybody got to go through evil, God. Everybody got to have hard time. Everybody got to go through trouble, God. And God said, no, I grant, he asked me to keep him from evil. I'm going to keep him from evil. Your Bible says God granted him requests. So if God granted him his request to bless him, to enlarge his territory, to put his hand on him, then the same thing was granted that he was kept from evil by the hand of God. Well, I don't believe that. Well, that's your bad. I believe the word. If the Bible says God granted him what he requested, and I might add everything he requested, then I believe Jabez, that's why the Bible ended up saying he was more honorable than his brother. He ended up blessed. He ended up with more land, more property. In fact, you might, might even go, go through a place through First uh, Chronicles where you see the Bible mentions something called the land of Jabez. The land of Jabez. God granted his request. <laughs> he gave him all kind of property. He gave him the whole county. He probably, he might have gave him the whole state of Florida size. You know, we don't know what he got. He had, he had the audacity to ask. God granted his request. So he blessed him. More land, more property, more territory, more responsibility, more oversight. He got all that stuff. The hand of God was upon him, and that's what kept him from evil. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Now, can I show you something here? And I told you on Sunday when he said, bless me indeed, that the word bless and the word indeed come from, both come from the same Hebrew word, right? Barak, B-A-R-A-K, Barak. So literally he was saying, bless me, bless me, or really bless me. All right. Then it says here, uh, keep me from evil. Everybody say evil. Now, I want to give you that word evil from the Hebrew. It's uh, Strong's number H7451 in your uh, Hebrew concordance. The Hebrew word ra, R-A, ra. Listen to the words that it, that it means. Bad. Keep me from bad. Evil. Disagreeable. Anything disagreeable, keep me from it. Malignant, anything malignant. Now, when I see the word malignant, the first thing that comes to mind is cancer. Malignant tumors, malignant growths, malignant cells. People today almost really they celebrate cancer. Y'all ain't got to say nothing, but people celebrate cancer. Like cancer is a, is a badge of honor. I'm fighting cancer. And, and, and yet in the fight, they're actually opening the door because they publicize it. And they, they're not fighting the good fight of faith. They're fighting cancer. And the Bible never told us to fight cancer. The Bible told us to fight the good fight of faith. Oh, Jesus. I know y'all don't like this, but I'm going to say it. And I'm going to go home with a good conscience. The Bible never told us to fight cancer. The Bible told us to fight the good fight of faith. But the society has gotten us into fighting cancer. If you and I fight the good fight of faith, cancer can't stand up to faith. So Jabez says, keep me from malignant. So you and I can have the, we have the right to say, God, keep us from malignant tumors, malignant cells. Malignant growths keep us from cancer. 
Okay, the next word, unpleasant. Unpleasant, Auntie Mary, unpleasant. God, keep me from unpleasant situations. You ever been in an unpleasant situation? That's just, I don't like that. Keep me from unpleasant. Evil. And this evil literally meaning here giving pain. Giving pain. Giving unhappiness. Misery. Unhappiness. Unhappiness? He said keep me from unhappiness. Somebody online listening. Displeasing. Sad. Sadness. Being unhappy. Unkind. Keep me from unkindness. Keep me from around from unkind people. Evil. Wicked. Distress. Misery. Injury. Well, I wish y'all would grab a hold of this tonight. I'm just reading it right out of the, out of the Bibles right here. What, what does Hebrew mean? Injury. Calamity. See, people think that everybody's supposed to experience some kind of calamity in their lives. That calamity shows what you're really made of. You don't know how strong a tea is until you put it in hot water. You don't know what you're made of until you've really been through something. Jabez says, shoot, I ain't going through nothing. Jabez says, shoot, I ain't going through nothing else. And God said, all right, cool. He said, I'm breaking bad. I ain't going through nothing else. I ain't going through no more bad. Anything I need to learn? The, Holy, the Bible says the Holy Ghost will teach you all things. I ain't got to learn through sickness. I ain't got to learn, ain't got to learn through losing no job and losing my house and losing nothing. I know, no, You can teach me right here. I put my face in this word every day. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Oh, that's how the kingdom works. Okay, teach me. This is rocking somebody's boat right here, boy. Somebody, somebody's boat is being rocked tonight. Because you've been so used to and accustomed to and you've you really even, in fact, become accepting of calamity. You get going and you know why at some point the shoe going to drop. At some point the world going to be pulled up from under me. You just, you're so used to this cycle, this cycle of evil, this cycle of bad. Something's going to go wrong. Something, something's going to go wrong. Some, I, I, I've told y'all that before. I, I remember a few years back, the Lord had to really deal with me because, because I was in that mindset and things, things were going well. And I'm like, okay, I was uneasy. I'm like, something's going to go wrong. I remember when, when, when my, my, my wife, when, when Olivia was born and she was, she was born and everything was, and I was like, Okay, I'm like something. And, and, they, they, and the doctor said, oh, hey, this looks like something. And I was like, yep, yeah, see, I figured. I knew something was going to go wrong. And, that's, and God would say, what you talking about? I'm talking about how I was 17 years ago. I was thinking that. But now my mindset is something's going to go right. Something's going to happen. 
Something's going to change. A miracle's going to take place. God's going to intervene. God's hand is on my life. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. It's going to be good for me. Now, it took me a while to get my, my wife and I were discussing this today. Boy, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, I'm like, God, boy, this is, it's God is like, let me just tell you what I told. I told God the other day when I was praying, this is last week. I said, God, you are spoiling me. I said, God, you just, you are, you are just natural bone. Y'all know natural bone. Just playing out, spoiling me. I'm spoiled rotten. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm, when, when a person is spoiled, what we mean is they're spoiled for anybody else. You know, if you spoil your child, no, nobody else wants to babysit your child. Hey, can you, are you available Thursday night? No, uh-uh. No, I'm going to be shaving my eyebrows off Thursday night. <laughs> you got something going on. You spoil them. They, nobody else wants to deal with them. And I said, God, you're spoiling me for the devil. The devil, the devil, the devil, he can't whisper in my ear nothing. He can't say nothing to me. Because, God, you're treating me so good. See, and I used to be that when everything was going good, I was suspecting, okay, just a little minute, something about to go wrong. And after a while, nothing went wrong. Okay, nothing went wrong. I mean, we still going, nothing went wrong. And I, then I learned Proverbs 4.18 that says the path of the just. Y'all know Proverbs 4.18? The path of the just gets brighter and brighter to the perfect day. And I said, wait a minute. Ain't nothing supposed to go wrong. So I changed my expectation from something going wrong to something going right. I'm telling you in this place tonight, somebody here, you need to assemble tonight, change your expectation from something going wrong to something going right. Tell your neighbor, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. Something good is going to happen in your life. Something good is coming your way. Something good is going to happen tonight. Something good is going to happen this week. God, surely goodness and mercy are following you. All the days of your life. Look at this. Look, 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 at, what, look at what's included in evil. Uh, uh, wicked, distress, misery, injury, calamity, distress, adversity. Isn't it, isn't it funny how much we accept adversity? And yet Jabez says, keep me from adversity. This is a nutty prayer, ain't it? This is, a far, this is far out to the average Christian. Average Christian, you talk to them, you go, you go home and tell somebody what you heard tonight, and they're going to say, oh, child, please, you know, I, that man crazy, because I can tell you what happened to me yesterday. Let me tell you what I'm going through right now. And yet the Bible says in Proverbs, it says the foolishness of man ruins his life and his heart frets against the Lord. Doesn't your Bible say that? Y'all read in Proverbs every, every month? The foolishness of man ruins his life and his heart 
frets against the Lord. In other words, something that man is doing that's causing this. And then he said, well, the Lord is training me. The Lord is teaching me. The Lord is pruning me. It ain't the Lord that's you, fool. Y'all don't like that. That's what the Bible said. The foolishness of man. You know, as soon as we take responsibility for our own dumb actions, I told him in prayer this morning, in prayer this morning, it, it, was, it was way back, way back a while ago, it's been years ago now, that I finally got the revelation that when things were not going right, I get before God, I say, God, it's not you, it's me. See, and many people still don't have that kind of resolu- resolution yet in their hearts. They're still thinking God's doing something. No, God is me, it's not you. Because he said in Psalm 84, verse 11, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So if I'm not experiencing a good thing, it ain't him. It's got to be me. Well, it's the devil. The devil, God won't stop it, and the devil can't stop it. So it ain't the devil either. It's you. See, you see how they're mad they just got at me? Do you feel that, feel that anger right in the atmosphere, dude? Hey, online, don't turn off. Don't turn off. Watch. Keep watching. This is your word. This is my word. I'm going to have the audacity. You know, President Obama wrote a book called The Audacity. No, that wasn't. Was that him, Audacity of Hope? Y'all don't even know? Or was that Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton wrote a book, too. I think that was President Obama, the Audacity of Hope. Hmm? It was Obama, yeah. This, this is the audacity of hope right here. This is the audacity of hope where a man could say, ask God to don't let nothing wrong happen to me. Wrong. Don't let anything go wrong in my life. And God says, okay. Y'all struggling, I'm telling you, struggling, but you better grab a hold of this. This is your word. This is your breakout right here. From any wrong injury, calamity, adversity, trouble, malignancy, anything in your life that's been there has got to go now. I'm breaking bad. Oh, my God. I got I to hurry up and finish here. Go, go to go. Okay. Okay. So, again, go back to uh, verse 10. Verse 10. First, first uh, Chronicles 4. Verse 10. Verse 10. I want y'all to read this last line with me real loud. The last sentence of First Chronicles 4, verse 10. As soon as they get on the screen, watch this. It's going to bless your socks off right now. Bam. So God granted him what he requested. So God can do it. And he will do it. Jabez couldn't do, get God to do something that he wasn't willing to do. You can't, you can't manipulate God. You can't trick God. You can't, you can't twist God's arm and make him do something you don't want to do. You ain't that big and bad. You ain't that pretty to get God to go against his own will. So obviously, if God granted him the request, it's God's will to do it. So it's God's will for us. Jesus made it clear in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. So thieves steal, thieves kill, and thieves do destroy. Yes, 
but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So God granted his request. All right, go to New Testament. Well, Pastor, that's Old Testament. You know, this is different now because we New Testament and things have changed. Now we're under new, we under a new dispensation right here. And you know, the devil, the devil, dude, shut up. Child, we are under a better covenant based on better promises with a better mediator. The Bible says in Hebrew, Jesus Christ became the mediator of a better covenant based on better promises. So what Jabez was under was an old covenant. So if God would grant the request of somebody under an old lesser covenant, don't you sit here and tell me in 2019 that God won't grant the same request to you under a new and better covenant with better promises with a better mediator. I refuse evil. I refuse trouble. I refuse calamity. I refuse adversity. Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Oh, man, let me hurry up. Whoo-hoo-hoo. I'm going to jump. I was going to read starting from verse 5. But you can read some from verse 5 in your own time. I don't have time to read it tonight. But verse 5 tells you what not to do. Verse 6 tells you what to do. Jesus teaching on prayer. Verse 5, what not to do. Verse 6, what to do. Verse 7, what not to do. Verse 8, what not to do. Verse 9, what to do. You can see it, it's in your Bible. Do not do this. Do not be like them. Then do this. So in verse 9, in this manner, therefore pray. So do this. When you pray, do this. Say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Y'all know that your will be done. Honor is in heaven. People say it at, at weddings and all that kind of stuff. They get married. We're going to pray the Lord's prayer. They sing it. Our Father. Which. Which. Ought. And All right. And they'll. Now watch. Watch this. you laughing, but watch. And they'll get all the way down. We'll sing. But deliver us from evil. And then say the vows and say for better or for worse. For richer or for poorer. In sickness and in health. But we just pray, deliver us from evil. But this is better than y'all letting on tonight, boy. In sickness and in health. Rich or poor, I'm going to be with you, baby. You lie, you lie. You mess around and go broke. Sickness and in health. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about instead of saying that, how about stick with deliver us 
from evil. Because if he delivers us from evil, we ain't got to worry about sickness or health, richer or poor, better or worse. It's always going to be good and health and rich. Boy, y'all ain't never heard this before, have you? I know, I know, because I ain't never heard this before. This is coming out fresh while I'm talking to you. I didn't hear this at home. I'm hearing this fresh as it's coming out my mouth right here. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're about to live an unparalleled life. I said you're about to live an unparalleled life. In the name of Jesus. That came straight from the Holy Ghost. Unparalleled life. You're going to be a freak in this world. They're going, what is that? What kind of person are you? What, where you come from? What manner of man are you? That even the wind and the waves obey you. What manner of man are you that sickness obeys you? What manner of man are you that money obeys you? What manner of man are you? Who are you? Where do you come from? All right, verse 13. They said, but deliver us from, in the New King James, the evil one, but in the King James, what I wanted to use, in fact, in my Bible, I'll cross the word one out. Because the King James actually says it more, it says it properly, but deliver us from evil, from, from the evil. From, deliver us from evil. When you look it up in, in the Greek, uh, in the Greek, they'll give numbers for the words. The word one is not in the Greek. So in the Greek, it stops at evil. So the proper translation is, deliver us from evil. Now we know evil comes from the evil one, but it's probably translated, deliver us from evil. It's the same, Jesus is telling us to pray the same thing that Jabez prayed. And if God would grant Jabez's request, then surely God would grant our request, especially if Jesus told us to pray it. We know that's a perfect prayer. If I pray what Jesus told us to pray, or pray this way. <laughs> so he's telling them to make a request. When you make a request to God, ask the Lord to break bad in your life. Deliver us from evil. Y'all got it? Okay, watch this real quick. Man, it's after 9 o'clock. Um, give me that word evil in the Greek. This New Testament, so Greek. Let's see if this evil is different from the evil in the Hebrew. All right, it's the Greek word poneros, poneros, which means full of labors, annoyances, annoyances that poking in your side. Jesus said, pray to the Father that he deliver you from annoyances. Oh my goodness. Hardships. Life is so hard. It's so hard to get along. Why it's so hard to get along? Because you're letting evil lurk in your life. When you should be praying and believing, expecting God to deliver you from evil. Hardships. 
It means to be pressed and harassed by labors. Pressed and harassed by labors. Bringing toils. Toils of struggle, hard work, pain. Brings annoyances, perils, dangers. Causing pain and trouble. Deliver us from pain and trouble. Bad. Of a bad nature or condition. In a physical sense, in a physical sense, in a physical sense, this is not from Merriam-Webster, this is from the, from the Greek. Diseased or blind. This is physical conditions. Deliver us from sicknesses. Deliver us from diseases. Deliver us from blindness, which would include deafness. It would include any kind of physical condition in your life. So deliver us from it. <laughs> the, the devil is sitting on the porch out there and he is crying. <laughs> he crying like Joel and B was crying <laughs> when they lost that game. The devil is crying. boohooing. <laughs> Stop telling them. Stop telling them. Shut up, devil. I'm going to keep telling them. Keep telling God's people that we are free from pain. We are free from adversity. We are free from sorrow. We are free from trouble. We are free from disease. We are diseased from blindness and deafness. We are free from that stuff. Well, you know, I'm about 65 now and that little awful, you know, this little pain and, you know, this. Shut up! Don't say that. When I say shut up, I'm not trying to be mean, you understand? I'm saying don't say that. Say I'm delivered from evil. In an ethical sense, evil, wicked, bad. So Jesus said, pray, Lord, break us from bad. Glory to God. Now, when we read that, we call it the Lord's Prayer, but that's not actually the Lord's Prayer. You know that, right? That's the Lord said, you pray this way. His prayer is in John 17. Now I want, you, I want you to turn to John 17, verse 15. John 17, Jesus, bless us, Lord. Verse 15, Jesus says, he's talking to the Father. This is his prayer. He says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. So he said, not only do you pray that, he said, I'm going to pray that for you. He's my intercessor. He's my intercessor. He said, I pray this for you. I'm praying, Lord, keep them from the evil. Tell your neighbor, Jesus Christ prayed for you. Himself. One time, Jesus, Jesus was in, in, I think it's in John 11, Jesus said, he said, Father, I know you always hear me because I always do those things that please you. He said, I know you always hear me. So when Jesus Christ prayed for us, God heard him. So he said, Elder Baker, he said, don't take him out of the world. The only way we can avoid trouble is we leave this planet. This is what traditional church people say. The only way you can avoid being all kind of hardship and pain, you got to leave this planet. No. He said, I pray, don't take them out of this world. Leave them right there. Let them, let them be, let them live unparalleled lives right in this present world. Let the sinners know what they're missing. 
let the heathen know what they're missing out on. Let them show them off. Show them, show them how they're healthy and strong and always have peace and always have joy and always walk in love and always healthy and always got money in their pocket and always got a happy smile on them. Always their family good, their marriage good, children tight, everything right. Show them so, so the world can see what they're missing out on. Leave them in the world, show them off. Keep them from the evil. Jesus prayed for you. Say, Jesus prayed for me. <laughs> so there's evil all around us, everybody. But obviously, Jesus prayed that God can keep us away from the evil and keep the evil away from us. Now, let's look at John 17, 15, and verse 16. I want to look at it in the Message Bible. Everybody say the Message Bible. Watch what he says here. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them. God's going to guard you from the evil one. That's where all the evil comes from, the evil one. Now, watch this verse 16. Says they are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Oh, he says they are no more defined by the world than I'm defined by the world. He said, My children, my disciples, my followers, my saints are no, no more defined by the world than I'm defined by the world. In other words, he said, The world doesn't define me, so the world can't define you. You're not defined by world standards. That's why the Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform with the world. They say when you turn 40, this got to happen. When you turn 60, this got to happen. And when you're born this, this gender, and when, you, when you're born this height, and when you're born this way, you're born with this skin color, this got to... No, you ain't defined by the world. Any more than he's defined by the world. Somebody grab 2 Corinthians 5, 16. 2 Corinthians 5.16. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit as soon as I finish. 2 Corinthians 5.16. Therefore, from now on, therefore, from now on, therefore, from now on, therefore, from now on, from 9, 10 p.m., from now on, we regard no one, not even ourselves, according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. So Christ was not defined by the world. Now, where does that, what does that have to do with you and me? Verse 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, that old life, that old DNA, those old genes, those old, old, old traits are passed away. And behold, all things. I've become new. And verse, verse 18 goes on to say, and all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself? All things are of God. My new things are of God. So I'm not defined by the world. I don't have a world of definition. I got, I got one for you, Luke. I'm high deaf. Y'all scared to say it. I'm high deaf. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I might be ultra high deaf. The world is defined by the world. The world has standard definition. The world is standard definition. 
Everything, you know, everything goes around. You got to catch it. You got to deal with it. You got to get your flu shot. Got to get your bug shot. Got to, got to get you this shot because you know you're going to catch that. This, da, 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 so on, so on. No, I'm not, I'm not center definition. I'm, I'm ultra high definition. I'm not defined by the world. So if we're not defined by the world, I'm gonna, let me close here. I, I could go a long ways, but. If I'm not defined by the world, then I'm not subject to the same problems or issues as those in the world. I'll say it again. If I'm not defined by the world, then I'm no longer subject to the same problems or issues as those in the world. Media, help me out. Colossians 1.13. You ain't got the time to turn there. Put it on, your, put it on the screen. Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, the son of his love. So I'm delivered from the power of darkness. Got it? Psalm 23, verse 4. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the earth, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no raw. It's the same word. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Proverbs 19, verse 23, in the, in the New King James. Proverbs 19, verse 23, in the New King James. Glory to God, glory to God. Oh, man, I, I love it. I love it. The fear of the Lord, honor, reverence of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Amplified says he will not be visited with actual evil. He will not be visited with evil? With raw? It's the same word. Stop letting evil visit you. You see evil, you go, go to the door, somebody knock on your door and it's evil, don't let the evil, no. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. Return to cinder. Y'all, boy, y'all don't know nothing about that. I will not, he cannot, cannot be visited with actual evil. Get on your feet. I'm breaking bad. No more bad in my life. No more evil in my life. Anybody got time for that? Anybody got time for no evil? What you got to do is, listen, listen, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. What you got to do is, if there is evil that lurks and comes in your life, then you got to ask, hey, who left the door open? Who opened my door? What, what gate did I leave open? What spiritual order did I, did I trespass, did I violate? Something I did. Because this told me I cannot 
be visited with actual evil. I cannot. Well, yeah, I hear you, but da, da, da. and I'll tell you what the Lord said. But what did I say? What did I say? I don't want to hear about what they said. What did I say? I don't care what Reverend so and so said. I'm telling you, I want. What did I say? There's a whole lot of Reverend so-and-sos out there preaching out of their, out of their own soul. A lot of Reverend so-and-sos bringing the word down to their own experience. And will, will not bring their experience up to the word. I used to do the same thing. I know about it. I used to bring the word down to me. See what it says? Yeah, but I'm just telling you. I learned, wait a minute. Psalm 119, Psalm 119 says... The total, the, the totality of your word is truth. So when I realize, wait a minute, this is all truth, then I'm going to go with this word. I'm going to go with this word. From now on. From now on. I'm breaking bad. The bad is broken. The cycle of evil has been broken in our lives. Reckon yourself dead to it. Reckon yourself dead to all the evil. Reckon yourself. I'm dead to that. From now on, good will always happen to me. I have an expectation. The Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall be gladness. Shall be gladness. That's our expectation. Gladness. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you tonight for the word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is truth, Jesus said in John 17, 17. Then he went on to say, sanctify them with your truth. He said, sanctify them with your truth. Your word is truth. So God, thank you that this truth sanctifies, sets us apart from the world. And that God, what the world deals with, what they are subject to, we no longer consider ourselves subject to those things. Doesn't matter what goes around, doesn't matter what flu season and all that kind of season, all those things that go on out there. God, we have the promise of Psalm 91 that says, no evil will befall us, neither will any plague come near our dwelling. Your word said in Psalm 91, even if a thousand fall on our side and 10,000 on our right hand, it will not come near us. Only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. We're not the wicked. We're the righteous. So thank you, Father, that our expectation is always gladness. Thank you for the great things you're doing in our lives. And I pray, Lord, tonight that someone who may be listening may have heard this word, those sitting here, those watching online, that may in their flesh or soul struggle with the word. I pray, Father, that you just give them revelation and divine insight beyond what I could even beyond what I could ever say. You show them the truth of your word, that this is how you want us to live. Unparalleled lives in this present world. Present evil world. Thank you, Lord. Keep us from evil, we pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. And amen. Give God a shout of praise tonight.